a message titled The Secret for Triumph in Life. The Secret for Triumph in Life. On Wednesday, uh, I don't think everyone was here, but I spoke on the need to be victorious as a Christian. If you want to live the heavenly life on earth, remember what Jesus said. He said, pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then that's what he wants us to pray, that we be living here on earth the way things are done in heaven. And everything is good up there in heaven. So that's our prayer. But then in Revelation, he said very clearly, He who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my father's throne. So you can only rule and reign on the earth if you have overcome. And we are constantly dealing with issues in life. You're dealing with something right now in your life, clearly. And I'm dealing with something. Every one of us is dealing with an issue in your life. Today you may have victory. Tomorrow some other thing comes up. And we do wish sometimes these things don't come up. But we have no control over them. But God said these things that we go through, they are designed to put us on the throne with the Father. So we can live a life of heaven on the earth. It's when we deviate from that and we begin to complain and don't understand what God is doing that we begin to have difficulties. Father, I ask that you open our eyes to see, to understand your will for us. Thank you, Father, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a secret However, to having victory in the things we do on earth, not just Christian things, has to do with your life as a Christian, the way you live as a Christian, as well as what happens to you because you are a Christian in the world, so that the world will see that God is in your life. We have to realize that God came to live with us. He came to allow his presence to always be in your life. And once you have that in your life, you will make it if you know and understand that God is with you. So important. In Genesis chapter 39 verse 2, there is a secret to triumph. Secret to triumph. The secret, let me give you. So we don't have a secret. The secret to triumph in life, in everything, that's your spiritual life, your physical life, in every area of life. The secret is to have divine presence in your life. What that is, is to obtain first divine presence in your life. Retain divine presence in your life. And carry every single day of your life divine presence. You will be successful in life. Both spiritually, materially, emotionally, every way of life you will be rounded. 
if you carry divine presence. In Genesis 39 verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. In other words, the only reason Joseph was a successful man, not just in the things of the earth, but with God, God was with him, and because God was with him, the outcome was success in life. The Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He was a successful man as a slave. When you carry divine presence, it doesn't matter what kind of job you have. You will be successful. He carried divine presence because the Bible says God was with Joseph. He was sold into slavery. He was alone. No family in a different land. But the Lord, the Bible tells us, but the Lord was with Joseph. And because he carried divine presence, not just in church, but he carried divine, there was no church in Potiphar's house. Right? But he carried divine presence. And because of divine presence, he was successful even as a slave. Amen. Amen. And guess what this? And his master saw that the Lord was with him. So when the Lord is with you, he's not a secret. Don't tell me this guy is anointed. If it is, when you go out, they'll see it. The presence, presence of the Lord in your life is to be seen by those who don't even know the Lord. Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph. How did he know it? Because of what was happening in his life. And these things are written for our examples. So we know how God operates in the New Testament. When God is with you, it will be seen. Not the emotional saying, I feel good and I don't feel good. And all this stuff that Christians do, that means nothing. They are failures in their own life, personal life. Afraid, scared and all of that. That's not divine presence. When you carry divine presence, you have confidence. No complaint. He had it. And his master saw it. And his master knew this is a good guy. (laughs) I can rely on him. God is with him. He can be a thief. I'll give everything. He said, look, Joseph, I'm surrendering my home to you. The only thing I don't want you to touch my wife. (laughs) Joseph said, you are the only thing is kept from me. Nothing else. I can touch anything I want. Why did he do it? He saw. Did he see glory over Joseph? No. He recognized by what he was carrying. His guy is different from the rest of us. And when they took him from that place and they put him in prison, that's not promotion, right? <laughs> Would you consider that promotion? That was in promotion, but even in prison, he rose again to the top. He says, they put him in prison, but then the next word is, but God was with Joseph. He carried divine presence. You want to be successful? Seek to retain and carry divine presence in your life. Constantly. Then you don't have to struggle. They'll see it and promote you. They want to make you the head anytime they see you. (laughs) Can you do this for us? We'll make you this. 
carrying divine presence. Let me share with you. There are many mighty men in the world. But there is only one mighty God. Many mighty men. But there is only one mighty God. If the mighty God is on your side, there is no mighty man on this earth that can stand in your way. No man. Not even the king can stand in the way of your promotion. If the mighty God is with you. Divine presence is the answer for rest in your marriage, in your business. You know what that rest is? Jesus said, come unto me, oh, you've been struggling too long. You've been doing it your way, it hasn't worked. You've suffered all these things, you've been going your own way. He says, come unto me, oh, ye that labor, and you are heavy laden with all of this load. You're carrying, you're so worried about your tomorrow. Jesus said, come to me and obtain divine presence, and you will find rest to your soul. Divine presence will earn you rest in your business, rest in your employment, rest in your ministry if you are a pastor, rest in life, total rest. Look at what the Bible says. You see, Moses understood the value of divine presence in his life. In Exodus chapter 33 verse 14 through 16, God said to Moses, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. He said, when you have his presence, you have rest. My presence will go with you. God was saying to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That statement was a little upsetting to Moses. Even though God was telling him that, is, I, I assume you'll go with us. And Moses responded back to God. He said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from this place. Immediately he said, ah, that's not even to, well, something to consider God. If you're going to think about it, then don't even move us from this place. We'll stay in the wilderness. We need your presence. And then he continues. He said, for how then will it be known? How then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? How will the rest of the world know that you are present in our lives? How can we be different from the rest of them? How can they know there is a mighty God at work in our life? What's going to distinguish us from the rest of them? If you don't go with us, we need your presence to let them know and see. Your presence to show them what's happening. Will they see God know what he's doing in in their lives? He said it here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate. That's how they would distinguish us. They can tell the difference. 
If you don't go, we'll be ordinary like the rest of them. But if you come with us, now they'll see it. It will be clear to them. Divine presence will earn you success. What we need to do is seek after divine presence. Not seek after things, but seek divine presence. Because divine presence will bring all of those things to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that people are struggling for. The fame to be known, to have a good name, to leave a posterity before you, your kids doing well and all of that. All of these things will be added to you. And when God adds it to you, it's really an addition. The addition will baptize you. You will not be able to recover from it. Amen. How else will they know the difference between us and them? They need to see it. Only your presence. Your people and I. For all the people who are upon the face of the earth. He wants everybody on earth to know we are different. (laughs) Only by divine presence. Also David understood the value of divine presence. David did. David had seen what it meant not to have divine presence in his life. He saw it in Saul. And he saw when the spirit of God left Saul. And he says, and the spirit of the, of the Lord left Saul. And God allowed uh, a spirit of torment to come into his life that troubled Saul all the days of his life. And when David ascended, David was very concerned about losing God's presence in his life. He says in Psalm 51 verse 11, Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Do not cast me. It was something, he, he, David wasn't concerned about his sin and all of that. What it was, he said, God forgive me. But regardless of what you do to me, even if you want to punish me, that's okay. Punish me. Don't worry about that. But please don't t- cast me away from your presence. I need that for me to have life. I need your presence. I really need that. Don't take your spirit away from me. I don't want what's happened to Saul to happen to me. You left him and he became ordinary. I don't want that. You know, a minister of God, very well-known minister around the world today, well-established, he said Christians are running to and fro, looking for divine presence. We call it the torch of God. <laughs> we run from one place to another. It says Jesus is now in the desert. So we run everybody to the desert. And then we stay in the desert for a while and things don't work out. We run back to the one. Jesus has left the desert. He's now in Houston. We're all back again. (laughs) I thank God. It's 33 years in my life as a Christian. I used to chase after those things. You know, people to do things and prophesy on me and do that. I don't do that kind of stuff. I know who I am. You know who you are. He's with me. No doubt about it. I don't need to run. I've seen everything by the grace of God. The only thing I haven't seen so far, I haven't seen a person raised from the dead, but I'm ready for it. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen broken limb healed. I don't, it's nothing. I just want him. That's all I want. I want him. 
It's more important to me than anything else. I've seen all of it. I've seen blind eyes open. And now we were praying. I've seen all of it. And that's not where my joy is. I want his presence in my life. To go with me. I'm not going to rejoice because I just prayed for a deaf person and they hear. I've seen that. I've seen them multiple times. It doesn't matter. I need his presence that gives me confidence in life. So I have nothing to worry. Even when you have critics, people, the naysayers, it doesn't matter to me. I have him. If God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody. You carry divine presence. You know, there are three forms of God's presence in our lives. Amen. Three forms. You can't run away from God's presence, right? No matter where you go. If you go under the sea, guess who is there? He is there. If you put off the lights and hide in secret, guess who is there? He is there. He sees everything. God is everywhere. So many presents everywhere. But that's not what we're talking about. Then there is another aspect of God's presence. When you come into the sanctuary, Jesus said, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You may feel him, you may not feel him. Doesn't mean anything. We walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, when you start telling me if you feel anything, I want to move away from you. Because you don't have understanding. I can place you already. Because I've been there. I've been there. When it's all over, you'll come back to this. <sighs> I stay with this. And it's always worked for me. And I have confidence in my God. That's what I did when I, you all were here. When I saw the mystery of the communion table. You know what I did? I, we shared it here. And God showed up, right? And people were healed. Because you received the word. He's just the scripture. Did good luck have anything to do with it? Absolutely not. I don't understand any of that stuff. How God heals them. But when you stay with his word. And you honor his word. You carry his divine presence. In fact the Lord told me when he called me into ministry. He said I am going to make you a healing evangelist. I still have it written. And I'm very sure of that. If I go out to do evangelistic work, there is no doubt somebody's going to be healed. I just know that. I have no concern about it. I don't struggle, I don't worry about it. But he says, the reason is because you believe my word. That's what he told me. You believe my word. He said, they will call you a div- uh, healing evangelist. But that's not who you are. You're just somebody that believes my word. I know that. I know the gift is there. Do I feel the gift feeling running through my body? I feel nothing. Most of the time, I don't feel anything. When I pray for the deaf and they are healed, I rem- you remember the story? I was praying for this deaf girl that was healed. I was feeling nothing. And this girl, I mean, the mother was crying. And she, was, she says, my daughter is going completely deaf. She's completely deaf in the ear. And this one, she can barely hear. And she was crying. I said, lady, I can't stand the woman crying around me. That's kind of tough for me. So I said, woman, don't cry. The Lord, the Lord. Excuse me, ladies. I'm not going to go home. Can I run out right now? <laughs> ladies, can you forgive me? I shouldn't go there. Hold on. I'm finished. Angela, please. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. I wasn't talking about Anyway, I was praying for the girl, and I was yelling, you know, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, come up, whatever I was saying. And this little girl kept saying, sir, sir, you can stop yelling now. I can hear you. <laughs> And I, I was still praying, still praying. And she said, sure, about, about, almost about to kick me. Stop praying. 
What God confirms his word. I feel nothing. I carry divine presence. I have to brag about it. No. I'm not the one doing it. He is. If, he, I'm, if I'm the one doing it, that little girl wouldn't have to say to me, Sir, be quiet now. You're yelling too much. Okay. God does. He stays with his word. That's what gives me confidence. Don't worry about people's opinions. I stay with this book. And it will work. And I'm asking members of the Ark Fellowship, stay with this. We're going somewhere. Yeah. God's going to make the Ark Fellowship great. I'm very sure of that. I have no doubt about it. He will. But I'm not looking to anyone. To him. I've said to the Lord not a few days ago, I don't want anybody to have glory with respect to the Ark Fellowship. Not good luck, not Pastor Wendy, nobody. If anything happens to the Ark Fellowship, Ark Fellowship becomes great. If he doesn't get the glory, I don't want to be a part of it. And I, I, God knows I mean it with all of my heart. And I pray for, you know what the man said, I believe, Lord help my belief. If I don't mean it, please help me, God. I want to get there. That's very important to me. So important to me. It's God's presence. You're carrying divine presence everywhere you go. Divine presence will guarantee three things in your life. Three things in your life. First thing that divine presence will uh, do for you, the benefit is divine presence will guarantee you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you everywhere you go. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When people are saying, I don't feel God, who ha- what does that have to do with feeling? Jesus said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. He didn't say, if you're doing bad, I'll forsake you. Did he say that? No. If you follow him, if your heart is in the kingdom, Jesus said, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus said. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Enter into God's rest. When you carry divine presence, you enter into rest. Second thing is unlimited grace. Unlimited grace. Let me tell you this. If you don't have God's grace in your life, you will suffer disgrace in life. We need grace. But his divine presence usher into your life what the Bible says calls grace upon grace. In John chapter 1 verse 14, the Bible says, And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Right? And if you go to verse 16, he says, Out of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. When he's he's there with you, 
made you loaded with grace. And if you have grace, you can never suffer disgrace. It may appear like you're suffering disgrace because of the difficulties that are going through your life. Remember, the message is titled, The Secret of Triumph in Life. That's saying you're going to go through difficulty. Don't, don't let that disturb you. It's part of life. And when you go through those things and you overcome, that's when God has said, you are tested now. You can come up and you can sit with me on my throne. Jesus said, in the same way I overcame, and now I am sitting with my father on his throne. That's the only way you can have authority. Carrying divine presence. So that gives it, guarantees that in your life. The third thing that it does for us is confidence in life. The other day, I think it was uh, on Friday or so, I was telling my sister, uh, I said, you know, this job that I'm doing as a pastor, I really, some years ago, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. Because you are constantly hearing all kinds of things. But because I knew God called me, I have no doubt about it. And I'm not the one that's going to start telling you, you better follow me because you know God called me. <laughs> if God called you, let's see the fruit, okay? <laughs> As the way I look at it. But I know God is with me. So no matter what I hear, it doesn't bother me. I know where my heart is. I am sure of who I am. I know when I'm not doing stuff by him. I know when I'm, I know everything that's happening to me. You know yourself, you know, you know where you are. But I have so much confidence in him. I know there is a God. I have no doubt about it. I am sure about that. When I speak in tongues, I know that's God. (laughs) How many of you speak in tongues? Yes. That's God. I didn't do that. That's God. That settles it in my heart. There is a God. And because I know he is, I have confidence in life. I have no worries. You have no worries in Jesus' name. That's your passion. The presence of God is with you because you belong to him. You should have no worries in this life because God, no matter what's happening to you right now, God is with you. What is it called? Emmanuel, right? God with us. Why don't you rejoice in that? Why speak something contrary? That God is not with you or you don't feel like God is with you? That's crazy. God is not a liar. He promised to be with you all the days, regardless of what's happening in your life. Whether you feel you don't feel, God said he's there. And he's there. And you only suffer when you begin to proclaim that he's not with you. That's when things, you've opened the door. Some lady said to me this morning, this is the way I pray. I just say, whatever happens, let God, I don't care anymore. Good and bad, I'm willing to take it. I said, don't do that. Because you open the door to good and bad. Satan and the God. <laughs> and God has requirements. Satan doesn't. <laughs> you say, yes, he comes with all his troubles. You can't do that. You stay with the word of God. Amen. You stay with the, God, with the word of the Lord. You know the story about uh, um, Elisha and his servant. You know that story. Uh, they were surrounded by the Syrians. And... Uh, they were in the house, and all of a sudden, the servant, Gehazi, he, he opened the door, and he's like, huh? All of these soldiers surrounding our little house, 
We're finished. We're dead. We are dead. And he ran in so confused, so, so afraid. Master, master, we are surrounded. All these uh, horses, chariots, and men, warring men, they're all over us. We're going to die. And his master opened the door and came out. What's the matter? Cool and collected. What's going on? We're surrounded. They're going to kill us. And he said, I don't worry about it. Those that be with us are more divine presence that releases itself in confidence. They that be with us are more than what what you've seen. The servant went like, huh? They that be with us? One, two. Hey. They that be with us more than what I've seen. And the master said, oh yeah. Ah, he's blind. God, can you open his eyes so he can see? And then the Lord opened his eyes. And his chariots of fire for them. And great soldiers, a great army all over them. And now he was fine. Thank you. We got all of this to fight for us. Master said, well, what can I do? He went in and, and got some donuts to eat now because now he's okay. Um, that's according to me. <laughs> he was feeling real good. We're going to take care of all of you in a minute. Master, when do you want us to deal with them? That's according to me. He was happy. No big deal. Confidence in God. When you know you carry divine confidence, you're not worried. I mean, presence. You're not worried about anything. You know God is with you. You know God is on your side. Amen. That's what we should strive to have. That's what I kept telling people. I have confidence in the God that's called me. He will not abandon me. In fact, I started reading the things he's spoken to me two times at least. He told me, son, I will never leave you. And I'm comforted. I know he didn't lie to me. I know that the future of the Ark Fellowship is going to be very bright. I said it last Sunday. This is just the beginning. I say it very openly. That God is going to bless the Ark Fellowship. And nobody gets the glory. I mean it. God will get the glory and he will be using the people of the Ark Fellowship mightily around the world. All they hear, and that's my prayer, the Ark Fellowship. Somewhere in Houston, maybe. (laughs) That's what I want. God is going to do it. I believe. And I said it last Wednesday night or so. If I don't say it, or last Sunday, if I don't say it, when it happens, it's a coincidence. We don't know, maybe so. I want it to be clear to everybody that this is what God has done. He says, this is, this is the Lord's doing, right? And it's marvelous in our sight. I want it to be your God. But God is with us. He is with us. Confidence in life. So what must I do to have, to, to have and retain divine presence? What must I do to have and retain God's presence in my life. That was with Moses. That was with Joseph that brought him, brought these people great success in life. And we're still talking about them today. You want to be great? How many of you remember the 23rd president of the United States? 
You know his name? It's forgotten. How many of you read about Moses? What about Joseph? You want to be remembered? How many of you have heard about Smith Wigglesworth? Who was president of prime minister when Smith Wigglesworth was alive? You, I bet you don't remember. <laughs> when you line up with God, you become great. People are looking for great name, right? How many of you know Billy Graham? How many of you know what, who was president when he was uh, 50 years old? You remember? You, won't, you have to think about it, right? <laughs> God can make you great. This fellow has said, this grace is not cheap. To, have, to retain divine presence in your life, you have to do something. A minister, that I said, I respect very well, made it very clear. He says, Christians, and I repeat it again, Christians are running back and forth. Looking for just a quick fix. It doesn't work that way. You can't reap what you didn't sow. You can't do that. You have to give yourself to a little bit of fasting. It doesn't work that way. I've been there where you run to and fro. It doesn't work that way. And I pray that you realize that it doesn't so that you can begin to burn this book and spend some time fasting to retain God's presence in your life. You want to change, you do what it takes. If you get something cheap, you, cheap, you are not going to value it. You will misuse it and it will destroy you. You must seek God with all of your heart. Divine presence is not cheap. But once you, re- once you have it in your life, He's always there. Amen. I can't walk. There's a man of God today that I, you know, I'm believing. I want him to lay his hands on me and pray for me. But I can guarantee you I can go to him just because I want him to. He told me, he's the same man that's saying it. He said, many Christians are running like crazy. He says, they're just wasting their time. I had to do it. I spent three days in the closet searching for my God. And he said, what you see today is as a result of those three days that I spent in there. Has he been in meeting? Yeah, he go. But if you truly want divine presence in your life, where they will see it like they saw in Joseph, you have to do something. It doesn't come cheap, believe me. Jesus, before he picked his 12 disciples, you know what he did? The Bible said he prayed all night. That's the Son of God. He doesn't come cheap. You can't have confidence in God cheap. It's not there. Because it has to be deposited into your heart by the Father. You can't get it just like that. You'll get it and lose it. People have received their healing and lost it. Right? You know that. It's got to be deposited into your heart. You have to go for it. So you have to have, the, if you have to have divine presence, you have to go after it. The first thing to do is to be born again. You can't have divine presence in your life if you are not born again. To be born again means just to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. As simple as that. The Bible tells us the word is near you and in your mouth. A lot of people do all kinds of crazy things to get born again. They tell them, do this, come and do that, and you need to do this. You don't need to do anything. The Bible tells us one thing to do. He says, believe in your heart. 
That's all. I used to do all the things, bow your head, do this and say this. All of those things are okay. We are trying to help them to get to that one place. But the truth is, the way to be born again and settle it is believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. How many of you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? You know for sure, you have no doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, that gave you righteousness. Now, to be saved, the Bible says, you must confess with your mouth. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made. What are you going to confess? No sin. You can't remember all the sins you committed. You can't. There is no way you remember all the sins you committed until this day. If you say you remember, you're lying. You can't remember how many times you told a lie. If you said that, you remember, I know you're lying. (laughs) But what God is asking for, if you want to be born again, is to believe in your heart and confess that you know that Jesus is your Savior. That's what Jesus meant when he said, and again he said it in Revelation, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. He works that way. So I used to tell people, all you need to do, call a friend and be deliberate about it. And say, you know, today I made Jesus my Lord. Once you say it on the earth, he writes your name back there. You belong to him. And from that day on, you carry, you qualify for divine presence. Till you go back home to be with your master. Amen. That's the first thing. That's very simple. Jesus didn't die to make it difficult to be born again. (laughs) Amen. He made it easy. Believe and speak it with your mouth. The second thing is prayer. Prayer is so important. You need divine presence. There are some Christians, they don't have time to pray. For the past one month, they haven't spent time praying. But they are looking for God to do things for them. They, they convince themselves that they are so busy, they don't pray, they don't, go, they don't go to church, but they're looking for God to do things. It doesn't work that way. You may have good intentions. Good intention doesn't mean anything to God. He has to see you do it. When God called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, you know, he watched him for about three days while the guy was going up the mountain. He could have stopped him. He didn't do it. Until he actually took the knife. Tied the boy up and he took the knife before God said, now I know. Good intention don't mean anything to God. If you're doing something that he doesn't want, you can rationalize it the way you want. If it's against the scripture, he's not going to buy into it. You are on your own. That's just the truth. Jesus prayed. That's the difference between us. He knew to pray. To retain divine presence. There's a scripture in Luke chapter... 3, verse 21, when Jesus was baptized. You could tell the difference between the Son of God and the rest of them that were baptized. Please read the scripture, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was baptized, he came out of the water praying. The rest of them, when they came, they just said, oh, we believe, John, please baptize us. He baptized them, they got up just like me too, we got baptized, and then we walked out. But Jesus, when he was baptized, he came out of the water 
praying. And as he was praying, the heavens were opened. You can't have the heaven open, you're not praying. He was baptized like the rest of them. But he was the only one that we are told, he came out of the water, and guess what he was doing? He was praying. And then the heaven opened. And God spoke. In another scripture, I believe it's in Luke chapter 9, the Bible tells us about Jesus. I mean, if you heard, you read about the transfiguration, right? If you read, you think Jesus just went up. He was going to reveal his glory to his uh, disciples. So he just got up to the mountain and stood waiting for God to transform him so the disciples will see. It didn't happen that way. The Bible said he went up there and then he started praying. And as he prayed, his garment shone. Everything transformed. He prayed. Christians don't want to pray anymore. We want it very quick. It doesn't work that way. I've tried it. It doesn't work that way. I'm telling you the truth. It doesn't work that way. You won't, it will work for a while, but you lose the confidence very quickly. Because it's all outward. It's not inside the heart. He has to come from the heart. So you have confidence. That's why I was telling my sister I couldn't do it today. Because you hear all kinds of things. But I know what I know. And I know God is with me. So I'm not relying and depending on him. So I'm okay. In myself, no. But because I know he's with me, it's so important. You pray. The story in Acts chapter 4, as the disciples prayed, they were threatened. The Bible said that they prayed, they prayed so well that the building that they were in, they were praying in, shook. Before they prayed, did he shake before they prayed? No. He shook after they prayed. And then God gave them more of the Holy Spirit. What was that? More of divine presence. And then they went out. And they were no longer afraid. Confidence. And they spoke the word with boldness. You can't have divine presence if you're not willing to pray. Sometimes we need to add fasting. When things are too difficult. Don't keep looking for somebody to lay his hands on you and just get the problem over. But if you fast, God will bring somebody and get you to the place. I'm I'm not preaching against those things. But I'm saying... That's not where he's at. I've been there. You will not have that confidence in you. You may get a little touch today, but tomorrow you will still be without confidence and you keep running to and fro. I don't believe that. I don't do that. I don't need it. I've seen everything. Not all because I'm still wanting to grow for God. And that's for you as well. Amen? So we need to pray. Another thing, the third thing is praise and thanksgiving. You want divine presence in your life, you need to learn to praise God. (laughs) You need to learn not to worry about what people think. You need to dance if you need to dance. You need to do whatever you want to do. Sometimes you have to be deliberate. When you pray, are you not deliberate? Yeah. When David danced before the Lord, he was deliberate. He didn't care what anybody thought. He was the king. But he was just dancing before the Lord and his wife said, oh boy, he's lost it. He's lost it. Man, he's crazy. Look at this dignified. This is the king. Look. But David said, I was doing it before the Lord. He's the one that made me better than your father. <laughs> so forget it. 
He gave it to her. And the Bible says because of that, possibly because of that, she had no children. So we need to praise God. David himself in Psalm 34 verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord when? All times. You bless the Lord at all times. Not when things are good. Not when you feel the goosebumps. All the time you are blessing the Lord. You're telling him how good he is. You're telling him if it were not for you, possibly I'll be dead today. Look at what you've done for me. Look at my children. Look, they are so good. Uh, they are not perfect, but, but at least they are not like the rest of them. They are good, you know. <laughs> so you're thanking him. You're saying, God, you're so wonderful. Yeah, sometimes they act crazy, but I'm thanking you for them. I love you for him. Thank you for giving them to me. They are so precious. Uh, stubborn sometimes, but they are precious, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're not complaining. You're blessing the Lord. I will bless, you know, who will? I. It's a deliberate thing. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. If his praise are not continually being in your mouth, then you will only experience his presence occasionally because uh, his praise is occasionally in your mouth. Amen. Amen. I keep his praise constantly. When things are bad, I tell him. Just inform him like he doesn't know. He says, your father already knows about these things. But he says to tell him, right? You know why he wants us to tell him? As you're speaking it to him, your burdens are being transferred. See? That's the way to transfer the burden. By the time you're through telling it, (sighs) you transfer it. Come unto me, all ye that labor. You're not going to be carrying the load from your home and saying, Lord Jesus, I got all this load on my back. You can take them now. Not physical load. It's something in your heart. You express it to him. But in thanksgiving, you do that. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Make your boast. That's the fourth thing. Make your boast in the Lord. Christians don't do this a lot. What they do the most is they are talking more about their problems. And they are very quick to stop you with the word but. Remember? But. When you're saying, yes, 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 I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but. <laughs> and then they give you all this crazy stuff that they think is happening. Yeah. I, yes, I believe just like you believe. Yes. I am a man of faith too. But. That doesn't say we can use common sense. We walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes common sense is no sense at all. We don't go by common, uh, common sense. If you don't go by what you feel. I will never live by that way anymore. I'll go by faith. What I believe in scriptures. And that's true. Let God be true and every man a liar. So that's what we need to do. Make our boast. Psalm th- the same Psalm 34. If you read both of them, Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. 
While I'm blessing the Lord, I am boasting on the Lord at the same time. Amen. My, I will make my boast. My soul shall make, you know, it's his soul. That means the depth of his being. Amen. From inside, I am making my boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You know why they will hear of it and be glad? Because my boast will come to pass. And they'll say, if God can do it for this flaky man, he'll do it for me too. <laughs> Amen. God will do it for me. They will be glad. They hear of it. You make your boast. That's why I said the things I'm speaking about, the Ark Fellowship and the people of the Ark Fellowship. And I'm going to say it again. God will create millionaires from this place. God will create great ministers. Confidence. Don't look at what's happening in your life today because God has a great thing for you in store for your future. Just stay still. Be still and know that I am God. Forget about what's happening to you today. Don't run to and fro looking. No, God is here. Not because good luck is here, but he said so. If two gather together, I am there in the midst of them. And that's the truth. No matter how you feel, he's there. It's been 33 years for me. And I I think at this time I'm beginning to wise up. Because I search, I listen, try to understand what's going on. Make your boast in the Lord. I will live and not die if you are sick. Make your boast in the Lord. I am rich. I will be able to pay all my bills. All of those by the mercy of my God. That's a boasting in the Lord. You tell him, God, I know you are faithful. No matter, I don't care what they are saying, you take care of me. You're boasting. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. You know they boasted on the Lord? When uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow... Right now, I am the king of the world. If you don't pow, you see that furnace right there? I'm going to tell them, heat it up! Now, I'm going to tell you, he, he calmed down. I'm just being nice to you. When you hear the music, then bow. And the guy said, look, king, we're not going to answer you about that. Nebuchadnezzar said, we want to see what God is able to deliver you from my hand. He said, hey, our God is able to deliver you from your, uh, deliver us from your hand. And, and uh, if he doesn't choose to do that, we don't care. We like to burn. Burn us up, we're fine. I'm sure the king is saying, huh? I never, you, what did you say? Put them in. But Jesus was in the fire before they got there. Amen. You can't put a child of God in the fire here. <laughs> So they made their boast. Our God is able to. But even if he chooses not to, we still won't listen to you. We'll do what is right. So you make your boast in the Lord. The last, but not the least, the most important, is obedience to his word. Obedience to his word. That's what brings you the very presence of God. And he stays with you. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Jesus said, and he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone. Why? Because of for I always do the things that please him. That's so important. If you listen to men, you may, you may start running one way and not f- doing what pleases him because you want to please men. 
And it's very easy for pastors to be caught in that. Because you want a large congregation. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that kind of person. By the grace of God. I want what's best for my father. And he will do it. I am willing to wait if I have to. He will do it. And he's going to make the Ark Fellowship great. I've been saying it so that when it happens, we know that God, it was heard before. God is going to make the Ark Fellowship great. He will. Because this is his work. This is his work. And you are his workmanship. He created you for this time. That's why you're here. You may think you just want to go to that church. Mm -mm -mm. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father draws him, right? You you may think you're doing, no, God is the one that's, I want you there. I have a purpose for you there. Stay, and then I will reveal it to you. But first, he's going to prove you to see what you will do. That's where we overcome. And then when you overcome, he begins to take you to greater heights. Often the Lord has spoken to me, and I'm speaking to you from my heart. He said, now I'm going to do this because you have been faithful in doing this. So I got transferred from being an evangelist. I can see do that. He still allows me to do that. But now I'm a pastor. And now I'm learning a lot. Would you stand up with me today? I know that there are some of us, and I believe the Lord is saying this, There are some of us that have been hesitant to go all the way with God. You are only doing yourself a great disservice. Because if you go all the way with God, things are going to turn around for the better for you. Maybe not immediately, but the first thing that you will find in your soul is rest. That means God has come. And he's now. And then, don't worry about the rest. He'll take care of himself. So what you need to do today is to make, say, God, I'm abandoning myself for you. I don't care. I will just be for you. And you control and rule my life from today. I don't care anymore. I'm giving everything to you. How many of you want to do that this morning? Can I see your hand up? You're giving everything to the Lord. Don't look to man. That's what you want. That's what you desire. That's what you want. Everything. I'm not holding anything back. I will follow you. Thank you so much. The Lord saw those hands. The Lord saw those hands. And he will reward you. Because you acknowledge him. You acknowledge him before men. If you are ashamed of me before men. Jesus said I will be ashamed of you before my father. But you did acknowledge him today. And he has acknowledged that. You honor him and he will honor you. Things are going to be different. Would you say amen? Amen. Things are going to be different. I want you to believe it. Things are going to be different. Great things are coming your way. Great things. Things that you cannot imagine. They are coming your way. Things are going to be different. And it's going to be the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our sight. Forget about what you see right now. I am confident in my God. I'm very, very confident. Not in myself, but in him. We have a great future. We have a great future. Everyone that said that, please raise your hands up to him and begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Thank him. Great things that he's going to do in your life. For your future. Father, you see those hands that are raised towards you. I surrender to the God of heaven. 
We don't understand everything. But we know that you are God. And that you love us. And that you are at work in our lives. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to go anywhere. Because your word says the kingdom of God is within us. And we thank you for coming to dwell in us. We give you praise, O God. And Father, I want to thank you for what you are doing and what you are going to do with the Ark Fellowship. And I want to give you glory for it. We have a great future. I speak it in the name of Jesus. We have a great future to touch not only Cyprus, but to touch Houston, to touch the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be using members of this church, people of this church, to reach out to the world. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I was placed just a minute before we leave, before we leave, um, I'm believing God that after this week, as yes, Pastor Wendy had mentioned it to you, by next week we will be taking steps, serious steps to start our building. Amen.